Chopping It Up from the 914. It's your host, Jacob Cooperman, talking about stuff he probably isn't qualified to. Strap in for a podcast filled with rambling hot takes and generalizations. All-encompassing and all for you. Welcome to the show. Chopping it up, episode 15 now. 15 of these things. I've been doing this for, what is that? I do one a week. I maybe skip, yeah, something like that. Well, I skipped, there was two periods of a couple of months where I didn't pod, but I've been doing this for a while is, is the point. But we have our first ever double dipping guest, James Azell. Had him on the pod last time. We did a Joe Rogan-esque experience podcast. So I figured uh, if it's nice, do it thrice. So we're having him on a second time. Wait. If it's nice, do it twice. But I said it the last time. Whatever. He's here. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. we got a lot to unpack. I've talked in depth about it on some of my other podcasts. But I wanted to get mostly your, you know, your, your takes on it. And I can get even I, – I, I'll put a little different spin on it just for the, the folks at home. Because I feel like I don't know if everyone listens. You know, I don't know if there's an overlap between my audiences. But whatever. Let's get into the Redskins first. Um, should we – you think we should provide context for anyone listening? Do you think – Anyone listening to this might not know what's going on. Are you frozen? Uh, you know, I think I think it's fair if you provide a little context, to, you know, okay. to, to the different people that are listening. So why not? So essentially, I guess we, we can trace this whole thing back to when Dan Snyder um, called for a name change or FedEx called for a name change following the public outrage at the name. It had been go- actually going back to like 2013, but nothing had really been done about it because they kind of covered it up with. What it was they used uh they used public polls right with Native Americans they, they used yes they used a poll from the Washington Post that said ninety percent of Native Americans would are not offended by yeah. Redskins which had no like scientific data or like you know any they they would ask where the sources were were from and they wouldn't necessarily like be able to find them uh yeah. or you know they would not necessarily provide it but they hung on to that uh, as the reason why they would not change their name. Right. So essentially what happened is Dan Snyder kind of, like you said, he hung on to that for a while. He stayed on his high horse and there hasn't been a significant change up until recently. And the the general public got really enraged, or at least I guess there was more, there were more eyes on it than than there were before. Uh, So this prompted FedEx to ask Dan Snyder to change the name or else they were, they, along with, I think it was some other sponsors. Nike and Nike and Pepsi. Yeah. They were going to pull out of the stadium unless the Redskins changed the name. Well, I, I guess they're now like the, the TBD Washington team as, as Pat McAfee says on the show. So uh, after that, shortly, some whistleblowers from within the organization, some people think seem to think that it was minority owners. Some people seem to think that it was just, I, I think like runts within the, the team organization. They, they broke this story on, it was the discord for the Redskins and it went to the Reddit for the Redskins and it went to the Twitter for the Redskins, which is interesting to see how like stuff climbs the, the, the internet ladder for lack of a better term. And um, there was, there was a lot of wild allegations within those tweets, within that discord, within that Reddit, there were allegations of them pimping out cheerleaders, withholding their visas in foreign countries um using them in naked photo shoots dan snyder uh there were a lot of allegations of his rampant drug use amongst the team there was a culture which the culture did turn out to be true to some extent we'll get into that in a second 
Um, I didn't get a chance to read the article. I really wanted to in preparation for this podcast, but the Washington Post, for whatever reason, wouldn't let me read it unless I subscribed for $1 a month, which I'm not going to subscribe to read. You know, So I just I did the, the roundabout thing. Apparently what came out was a lot less, and I don't want to say underwhelming, but it was not really what was purported in, in all those tweets and all that, like, you know, the drummed up drama beforehand. Really, it was just, and this is terrible in itself, really, it was just about 15 or so women within the organization that had worked there over the past. Um, at that, at the moment, I think 14 out of the 15 have no, no, you, they can't talk legally. Like there's some sort of a liability there where they're not allowed to speak. Um, that they've just experienced over the course of a couple of years, uh, sexual assault. Um, it was, it was four, 14 years. It was from 14 years. It went all the way from yeah. 2006 to, uh, to, to now, like is in 2020. But, um, but the main woman that spoke out had worked with the team from, uh, who was Miss Applegate worked from the team from right. 2014 to 2015. Yeah. Um, but with everything that you're saying, like, uh, this was blown so out of proportion from oh. like Reddit and everything that was kind of being like talked about on social media mm-hmm. that I fully thought like that this was going to be like epic, that this was just going to like blow up everything. I mean, there were ties for Snyder himself the, being like Epst- tied to Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. which like that in itself would have been just That would have been crazy. monstrous considering which, that- like that that was what I was expecting. And, you know, the pimping out of cheerleaders is what yeah. was being reported on Reddit. They even said that Jay Grunin was involved. Yeah. Um, that he coach. like participated. Yeah. The former head coach that he participated in some of this. So, I mean, it really just, I, I mean, when I was reading all of this, you know, you can only, if anything, this is just even more of a lesson, you know, don't believe everything that you read and hear um, necessarily. It, uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy, you know, just because I was expecting this monstrous announcement that was going to like absolutely force Dan Snyder to sell the team was going to just blow up the Washington's organization as a whole. He should still, but it's not going to, this is not going to force him to sell it. I'd still think he should, but no, um, I was going to say they also, they hired a lawyer um, to combat that, you know, like kind of even before, right before the story was released. So everyone knew that there was going to be a report based on Washington's culture Right. Not to say that it's not terrible, you know, for 15 women to complain about harassment issues dating back to 2006, but all the talk about Snyder being involved yeah. and, you know, Jay Gruden, what, like, I mean, I, I personally, I don't, I don't know, um, and, you know, if the post was making you subscribe to it, then I don't know how uh, I was able to see it because I just ended up reading the story on my phone. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe so many people went to it and like they got so much traffic, they figured they could just do that and make a quick buck. I have no that idea. Wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. I was, I was able to read it fully and I did, but I mean, from the only thing that they were able to really like kind of nab Snyder with was just, he had this kind of, he promoted the culture of um, just passive aggressiveness where he, you know, it was almost like kind of just like a bully culture. Like yeah. the, the, the main example it gave was there was a male cheerleader that worked on his staff that he would like bully and make do cartwheels. Um, so they were kind of just like, just citing like that, that being the culture there that it was almost kind of like, a, this is an anything kind of goes environment, which is why I think that, you know, the, the women there were subjugated to the kind yeah. of behavior and harassment that they were. And there wasn't really a place to like check them for that. Right. 
to me personally, this seemed like a high school locker room situation where anything flies, everyone's doing crazy stuff, nobody's really around to check them, you know, stuff like that. Like this, it's, yeah, yeah. You, you know what? You, you read like the Reddit posts, and I half expected Dan Snyder to have like a UFO or something, or like the code to like Area 51 or the secrets that are held there. But no, like in reality, what happened is terrible and shouldn't have gone on. But this was so much less significant than what people were reporting. I mean, it was like, I don't know that we could have a conversation about that too. It's like, how does this get, how does the ball get rolling with, with discord to Twitter, to Reddit? I don't understand how something like that. Well, I guess it's just word of, of mouth, but I don't even know how it starts. Like, cause I, I thought that on discord, it, it had been started by someone within the, within the organization. So at the least that means someone in the organization you know, maybe for good reason, doesn't like it there and wanted to start something and see if he could rattle some chains or, or, or get something going, get some sort of movement going. I'm not sure. Do I think it had something to do with the Redskins name change? Sure. Maybe someone, like I said, maybe it was like, oh, this is good timing. Let's just, you know, let's get some balls rolling in, in the Reddit and, and da, 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 whatever else. That doesn't also explain the Washington Post article. The timeline well, that- is kind of murky. I don't know. Yeah, the the Washington Post um, had first received and started writing and gathering like all this information and complaints two years ago. Mm. So okay. it just happened to be even more like interesting that this happened to be the time to, you know, that they were able to to kind of release it. Yeah. Um, amidst like all the other information that was going on, um, within their organization, I, I like it. it just, while they're going through a name change, this is just like obviously another headache that Dan Snyder has to deal with. It will just be interesting to see through this investigation, being an internal one, someone that they hired that's supposed to look through and like look for the culture. I can't see that Dan Snyder would essentially be uh, incriminating himself in that regard um, if they're going to hire person. someone to look through. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, will does the NFL respond after a 14-year period of these complaints and happening? Dan Snyder's, Snyder's owned the team since 1999 from 2006 to 2020, and it's 14 years of this going on and being reported and nothing happened. And even though, again, Dan Snyder himself was not implemented, just from the standpoint of the longevity of which it happened and him being oblivious to that, that, you know, is that a point in which he has to sell the team? Um, you know, is that is that going to be something where people come after him? I mean, he's not a well-liked owner as is, right. but, like, will this be something to, like, get them people over the hump enough to be like, hey, like, you need to sell the team. Like, right. we're, we're making you sell the team. The NFL can make himself, like, just based on literally the 14 years it happened, and he apparently had no idea, even though he's the captain of the ship, so to say. Well, yeah, I don't, so, buy that. I don't buy that he had no idea that this was going on. And I'd wager so far as to say that there's probably other occurrences of this within other clubs in the NFL, you know? Even like, in I, sports. I'm, yeah, in sports. Even, right? I mean, this the Dallas not... Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, this happened with. Um, and, you know, Cuban, like, went out of his way to, like, fire everyone, like, involved in stuff obviously because i think it's a little bit uh different situation where like cuban i feel like is more of like a well-liked owner right um and kind of like people like care about his personality and stuff whereas everything with with snyder you can't really say the same and then also with this whole name change pulling up and no one felt like the name change was genuine rightfully so because 
it was literally, you know, he in 2013 never going to change the name yeah. of the Redskins. And then, you know, uh, he has all these people backing out that would cost him a lot financially, which is why he's for like finally forced to change it. So, you know, just even that is just kind of despicable. You know, you have all these people just like clamoring and wanting change for him. The the whole thing with, you know, just Washington team, I, I you know, it will be interesting to see if this will be enough for, you know, him to be pushed to sell the team. Um, I mean, the minority owners already were buying, uh, they, they hired a, a group to help them sell their stakes because uh, I think that they believe that this would be bad enough. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what, what the outcome of this would be, but you know, that's like why oh, you got to see and let these things marinate yeah. for a bit. Play out. Um, yeah. But, I, I, you know, in my opinion, if you have that go on for that long time, like for that amount of time and yeah, this many so. women. No, it's not just – it's not – but that's what I mean. It's not just one woman for having like 14 other women along with Miss Applegate come out about this and their complaints and listing very similarly like the same people – and these are people that are high, higher ups in the organization. You know, how could you not notice this? Even she said in the article herself that Bruce Allen, who's the Redskins president for the longest time, you know, who uh, just got fired this past offseason, like would see him crying at her desk multiple times. You're not just going to sit there and question why. Yeah. You're just going to sit there and watch someone cry and not like ask why. Like to at least Bruce Allen to know to anyone else, like, you know, it's, you know, it's I find it very hard to believe. It's a culture of literally, yeah. And, but I'm saying, even from the standpoint of him just promoting the passive aggressive right. culture, letting it right. happen, like I can't really say that I myself am like that. Thrilled uh, in, the, in the owner seat. Well, I mean, I already thought he was. I already thought that he was. You know, even not. I can't imagine how red, like former Redskins fans feel. Uh, Washington fans feel just about him because they already hate him as is. But like after this, I just feel like his, you know, likeliness just continues to decline. You know, you already thought you would hit rock bottom, but you hang know, up the gloves. Uh, well, I yeah, feel like that's all you know, the, the culture of complacency extends to the football that the Redskins play. Before I even knew about any of this, before I even knew about Dan Snyder, because I don't watch Washington that closely as a football team, I knew for a fact that the way they organize things and shout out to urinating tree he was on the show episode 12. He was talking about it. He detailed it. That's the way they play football too. Their entire team aura is just one of complacency, complacency. That's the only way to put it. It's complacency. Like you said, it's a locker room culture. It's a see something, say nothing kind of team. And it shows up in the football that they played because it was present in the organization that was run. It was internal and it was external. Simple as that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, I mean, they've had a lot of problems over the years, you know, with numerous yeah. stuff, regardless whether it be on or off the football field. But yeah, I mean, just like that, uh, walking into that culture every day and like, you know, that kind of being the environment that both, you know, like I know you were saying from like high school, like locker room, like kind of environment. Okay. So it's a high school locker room environment, but with women, with yeah, women that, that don't want to, like, like women should not be subjugated to any of that at all, ever, like at any yeah. time. That's never appropriate. But for guys to just go out of their way to act like, you know, this is a doghouse where you can just, like, touch and harass women as you please is just, you know, very, like, 
it's just gross. It's I think just, it's the same. You know, it's not wanted anywhere. Right. I think it's the same in every corporate environment too. Like this extends farther than I'm sure sport. I'm sure it yeah. goes into big budget. I mean, you would hope not every corporate environment, but I could definitely see this being the case in a bunch of different organizations, yeah. regardless of football, sports, you know, you name it. You know, it's it's the patriarchy of, of you know, Americans. And, 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 you know, it should never be this way. And, you know, sexism has been a problem, continues to be a problem. And, you know, it's little stuff like this that you hope eventually will one day push the pinnacle to the point where you really can make change and you do see a dramatic difference. But, you know, if you don't respond with kind of removing the people that are were the problems of this, like whole the whole debacle and whole issue in the first place, if you're not going to remove the people that oversat and like let this happen for this, how as a woman would you even be like, wow, like I can sit here and like, right. like why you, that, that would feel like they are just invalidating everything yeah. that you're looking for. And so, I can yeah, like if I were a woman, would I want to work for the, for the, that's Washington what I'm saying. Like if you're a woman, no, think for a second, if you're a woman coming out of college, right. And you're considering going into the NFL, you're considering going into the corporate world. And then you see and hear stories like that, where it's like, oh yeah, if you want to go into say, I don't know. I've heard a lot about Viacom in the past couple of weeks. We'll get into that in a little bit. Huh. Viacom. If you want to go into the higher ups of Viacom, you're going to get your ass touched four or five times a day. You're going to get called a slut, like a whore, like shut up, you, you bitch, like stuff like that. Like you're, that would immediately, for me, if I was a woman, deter me from going in. Obviously, obviously. So like you said, we need to get some of the higher ups that are doing this out. My only question would be, it's like, how do, how do you get, it's like almost like a cancer, like once cancer spreads, it's hard to, you know what I mean? It's hard to extract. So if this is, and I don't know the, the scale of what's going on here, I'm only assuming because for me, it's like big budget corporations and the higher ups and those, I kind of view them as corrupt. That's my stigma around big budget guys or, you know, guys at the top of their respective businesses. That's not always the case. I'll admit that, but I'm interested to see the scope of how much this is going on you know is it numerous is it is it not so numerous? well that's what i mean is this going to create is this going to create a domino effect for other yeah. organizations where you could start to see other people speaking yeah. out against other atrocities that have happened in other you know i think that it would start more so first in the sports world yeah um so you would see you know would would women that work for other professional teams end up speaking out and you know, will this create just like a, an overflown effect where, you know, like a lot of ownership removal and stuff is going to have to happen in the league and changing. And, you know, and you were talking about like, how do you stop almost like this cancer from spreading in a way, you know, uh, a great thing that you could be able to do, you know, is just honestly, instead of, you know, uh, for, for a bunch of those different positions and, you know, places where the men have been and, you know, were working and in charge, hire a woman. You know, because then, like, it, it could be something that can just end up, like, completely negating and, and, you know, helping, at least in the process of deterring things like that happening yeah. in, the in, you know, in the future. Um, so, you know, that could be end up being something that NFL teams might have to think of. I mean, the, the only woman in recent memory that I can really think of that, uh, that was right. really considered – no, 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 was really considered for, like, a head – position in the front office was Condoleezza Rice 
yep. um, right. as their potential um, as their potential GM. So, but besides that, you don't really see like any uh, women like having like that much, uh, you know, like getting promoted or even thought about for positions yeah. like that, which might be, you know, to stop things like this happening might be, you know, a, a, a course of action that needs to be taken. You know, who knows? Having a woman in that dominant of a position could open up a, a whole realm of possibilities too. Because if you think about the genetic, well, not even the genetic makeup, but I'm saying like the minds of men and women, you know, there are some differences there. Perhaps there are some doors that a male GM wouldn't be able to open. Say there's like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be sexist and I want people to understand what I'm saying, but there are certain things that I do believe a woman could clock that a man necessarily couldn't clock. You know what I mean? There's some certain yeah, eventuality. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just opens. There's different doors that get opened up when you start to let, like you said, women into positions of power. Now, I want to also wanted to ask, there is an assistant woman's head coach, right? Correct? In the NFL? Or am I not remembering correctly? Uh, no, you are was... for the San Francisco 49ers. Right, yeah. okay. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. I thought you were talking about, yeah. you know, coaches. But... She, she's, yeah, no, she works on um, the defensive side. I just cannot remember her name at the moment but yeah no I um, but there is I, I think like you said it could be very like a like a a whole new experience a whole new like I said a bunch of doors a bunch of possibilities open that that we haven't seen yet simply because it's a male dominated sport and I'm all for women getting into these positions of power so far as they're, as they're qualified and they're willing to put in the work to make a, a team great. Say we get a, women G, a women's GM for, for Cleveland, like you said, and Cleveland is like all of a sudden flipped on its head and it's a, a Super Bowl, a playoff contender. Like we don't know yet because it's never happened. That's I mean, yeah, but no, no, it's true. I mean, the most dominant women that I can even think of or woman that I can even think of in sports is Jeannie Buss the owner of the Lakers, um, you know, it's her, she obviously inherited the team from her, from her father, but like, you know, she is like the forefront and the one that's making all the decisions on, you know, how the Lakers could be successful and successful and who she can hire. Rob Palenka is in GM. She tried to get magic to obviously help recruit LeBron, so on and so forth. But like, besides her, you have the Hallis dollar that owns the Chicago bears yeah. Um, but I mean, that's she's at nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. been passed down from her dad, but she's also like 95. So yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. she's not really like, you know, managing stuff, but, uh, you know, I think if, if you gave women more of the opportunity in that regard, I think that they could do as good or if not better job than any of the, you know, the men that are currently involved, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be a man to know about football. Right. You could be any thing yeah. be any gender you want to and all you need to know is you know obviously to just have knowledge about the game and uh you know looking at it from like such like a sexist point of view i think just will only from any sports will only just hurt the sport rather yeah. than help it and also um, i mean if you think about the emotional side of things is that something that gets taken into account for a lot of let's say draft boards no is that something that could be looked into further Again, I'm not saying that women are, you know, like there's this always, there's always this little thing with, with women that's like, oh, they're so emotional. I'm not saying that. I'd say that. I mean, but that's just being stereotypical and sexist. So. Right. But, you know, you know <laughs> like I'm just, I think it's, it's, 
there is, I do believe, a greater amount of emotional intelligence in women than men. So I'm saying just like, I'm, I'm trying to like illustrate one of those doors that could be opened. We, again, like this is all just, we don't know yet. But like you said, yeah, there have been other obviously um, examples of women in ownership positions. So we just open up the floodgates. And, and like you said, maybe the rest will follow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even need. Yeah. Yeah. Like even just a, like scouting departments, which was one of the, were one of the uh, guys that was accused of the harassment was part of like, it, it doesn't even have, it doesn't even have to be like necessarily uh, like, you know, general men, like, you know, the guys that are getting accused in trouble with this harassment were people, you know, the, someone that was high up in the scouting department. Someone that was, you know, like the longtime uh, radio talk show, yeah, uh, you know, host or whatever. Like, who's to say, you know, like, like a woman, you know, is not as qualified to do those jobs. Like, even putting it, like, replacing them there, just promoting like that type of culture. And you know, I think it would just, you know, could potentially create quite a difference in a more accepting and and better environment for that'd sure. That'd be very. That'd so, be rad to um, see a woman in like a in a in a I'm trying to think of like a commentation role. That would yeah, be well, no, no, not even role. that. Just, just, yeah, just. I mean, scouting department. Yeah, yeah, voiceovers. Really, anything. Yeah, no, you know, just obviously, just promoting more of that in that workspace. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I Washington's got a lot of things to figure out soon. Um, they, you know, we'll we'll see what ends up happening with them, and what ends up happening with Snyder and this whole investigation. But that will be for one of your later podcasts. Yeah, well, so that's because that's all the information that we got as of now. So. Yeah, I thought they were going to drop the name, the new name. They said they would on. You said it was Monday, right? Or in the upcoming. Well, I I believe so, but then that that fan trademarking all the potential names. Oh, that yeah. So that he did genius move, yeah. dude. Talking about being steps ahead. Yeah. Um. So he'll either end up trying to get some compensation for that, or. You know, we'll try to figure out one way that he can help. But um, yeah, that was a bold move. Big so, brain move. Better respect. Brain. That. Yeah, it was. It was. Was. All right. Do we want to move on to? Okay, let's see. We got we got a slew of topics, but I think you as a Patriots sure. fan, we should talk about. We should do you the service of talking about Cam to the Patriots. Here we go. Will there be a QB um, controversy? Jared Stidham, Cam Newton sitting there on the QB depth chart. Take us away. I love that you don't even include Brian Hoyer. I think that that's great. I don't. I don't know. I don't go that deep because I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm well, no, kid. not even that. Brian Hoyer is such like a uh, like. I mean, you know, NFL journeyman, fine backup QB if you want to have him there. But like, God, like uh, even as a Patriots fan, seeing him come back, I pray to God. I pray to God that he just will not end up being our, <laughs> like our starting quarterback. Um, just through it, through it all. I, I, I would be happy with Stidham if he does well, but having Cam definitely adds this intriguing excitement going into the yeah. season that we necessarily did not feel with Stidham only again, because everyone says that we don't know what he is. Um, well, but Cam to me, Oh yeah, no, no, I know, but but people haven't really seen him professionally. Right, that's true. Like, too, like yeah. that's that's. I mean, people haven't really seen him play pro ball because Brady was still there and stuff. So, but but having Cam, um, you know, I I was watching your other podcast before with Jerry, um, with some of the stuff that he was talking about, and I know that he had mentioned that Cam, um, you know, hasn't done as much over the past three years, 
I mean, he was hurt at the beginning of last year from an injury that he got from actually playing the Patriots in preseason. Right. So he wasn't hundred percent, but in 2018 cam went six and two was having uh, stats very close to, if not better than his MVP year. So if we can even get 2018 cam without the injury, that to me is more than enough. Right. You know, yeah. I, my, my expectations going into this year are, I mean, the AFC East is even harder than what it would, you know, be before, uh, like from what it was before. The Dolphins have immensely improved. They took players from the Pats. Brian Flores is there, and they got players elsewhere, getting Byron Jones at safety from the Cowboys with Xavier Howard. I mean, they have one of the best secondaries in the league. That duo alone, I mean, they're the highest paid duo, but they're going to be crazy. Having them now having a secondary that can compete with the Patriots is scary. I think that Flores is a great coach. Obviously, Tua is their own injury question mark, which, like, you know, they're trying to figure out. But, I mean, them also getting Matt Breida for a fifth-round pick and getting uh, Jordan Howard also as a running back. Uh, The Dolphins Dolphins now have solid veteran running backs. Devontae Parker has really stepped it up. So they're going to be an interesting team. Buffalo, I mean, Josh Allen's got an arm. Yeah. He's great. They were like, seeing, solid like last year. Buffalo was, I mean, yeah. I think making the playoffs correctly. They crumbled late, right? Yeah, no, they were beating the Texans. They were up like sixteen to three. I think was their big oh, lead, yeah. and, then, and then they ended up blowing it. Yeah. Um, but then Deshaun also made that like crazy play where they should have sacked him, and he ended up sneaking out and like you know throwing it, um, throwing like a little like you know five ten yard out ended up, you know, running on the ball all the way down to the tent. So, you know, uh, the Buffalo alone getting Stephon Diggs, massive, um, huge for them. Devin Singletary coming back and having, like, a fully healthy season will be great for them. You know, uh, even, like, their their defense is just great as is. Sean McDermott's, like, a great coach to be able to, like, help them out, um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Perfect fit, perfect guy for Buffalo. They have a great staff. Um, and, you know – as much as I say it for the other, the other team in the division, the Jets, you know, I, you want my opinion on them. I think they have the talent to do it. Yeah. I think that, like, I think Sam Darnold's talented. Le'Veon Bell, 100%. Uh, unbelievable that he was not rated like a, a top 10 running back, in my opinion, from Madden, because he is. It's, this is the guy two years ago that was the best running back, running and catching back good, in the right? league. It's not like he got worse. It's just the system in which he's playing in just does not necessarily like help him. It does not like, like give him like the opportunity to put his skills on display. In my opinion, my opinion, my, the whole issue with the Jets is Gase. I just don't think Gase is the right guy. I don't think that, you know, they should have like kept him after this year. I would have like tried to like, you know, fire him and find someone else that you can have that could have worked with Sam Darnold. Um, I, you know, even I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The fact that the chiefs offensive coordinator got no looks and is still like their offense. How you have the Super Bowl winning team and their yeah. offense coordinator doesn't even get like what is that? Like what? What is that? Like like and I'm just saying from like all like different respects. Like to me, just that alone was crazy. But that could have been a guy that could have like you know ended up like helping them out. Um, here's my here's my real quick. Allow me to. I know you're you're go ready ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want to give my my AFC East Sports Center like, Sports preview. Center James. No, no. I'll, I'll <laughs> like a second. I just think, and let me know if I'm incorrect here. 
but it seemed to me like the Jets last year, like you said, they have they have a decent amount of talent. Last year they had a what I thought to be a, a pretty solid defense, right? But yeah, I mean CJ Mosley was hurt for almost the entire year, yeah, which sucked because yeah, that was like their big free agent signing. But I mean Jamal Adams is one of one of if not the best safety in the game yeah. as is. That's that's what I was gonna say. It seems like last year. No, nah, it wasn't really even like a Cowboys situation. It was more just like a bad luck type of thing because I remember early on Sam Darnold got was it mono? Mono. mono. Yep. And then afterwards he had that absolutely horrific game. I think it was versus the, the Patriots, where he said yeah, he was no, seeing ghosts. That was and against the Pats, yeah. I can't even imagine what that did for his confidence. Must have just been out the door from that point on. And that's where I think the Jets kind of fell off. This is in my memory as a, like I said, like an amateur NFL fan, but like, that's, that's what to me it seemed like with the Jets last year was that they had a, a decent shot considering, you know, everyone like this uh, likes to say that the, the conference they're in is, is eh, or the division, excuse me. It's top like, heavy. It's eh. top heavy. Yeah, no, the division is oh, I mean, yeah. the AFC East has been dominated by the Pats except for yeah. two years and like the last 20. So, so yeah. that was like, the, you know, a lot of people thought they might have a shot. A lot of people were also pretty, pretty high on Buffalo for good reason. But, you know, yeah. after, after a little bit, it seems like the Jets kind of just fell off. I don't know. Uh, so, like you said, like it's, it's the division this year, too, is going to be, I think, if you want. The Dolphins. Everyone, yeah. I, like, I, like, uh, oh, yeah. No, actually. Actually, my opinion, the Dolphins probably need a year to kind of marinate to try yeah. to figure it out. Um, I expect them to be decent, but not like great. Um, whereas Buffalo's had that time right. to kind of like get it together. So, so I mean, for, for Buffalo, for, for my, like in my mind, in my opinion, um, is the favorite. Just again, with the like lack of turnover you know, it's still the same team. You know, they're a well-oiled machine. If anything, they improved this offseason, whereas the Patriots are obviously dealing with some turnover. Turnover, As a result, um, we don't know what quarterback's going to be like. We lost a decent amount of defensive players, um, you know, that ended up like Danny Sheldon either going to the Lions, um, you know, Jamie Collins also leaving. Um, we had like uh, Van Noy also going to the Dolphins. So having all these different people like leave, you know, who are solid contributors and, and stuff to the defense. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to be in bad shape, but with the 17 playoff format that will come into this year, yeah. um, you know, obviously assuming that all of this will happen without, you know, uh, with coronavirus going on, who knows, but I think that the Pats still are at least playoff contenders. I would not like just because of the turnover, would not say that they're the favorites, but I, I, uh, a playoffs without the Patriots, even as a wild card, would be very, very hard for me to imagine, especially in the top-heavy AFC East. Um, so what are your What are your predictions for? Let's do the division and then the conference. I'm pretty sure you already said, but just for the viewers at home, recap it once. Yeah. Time for one time. No, 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 sure, sure. Um, so you know, for, for the AFC East is, you know, cause I, I'm a Patriots fan. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm focusing on. Uh, I think that the bills will uh, like end up winning it, but not by much, maybe by like a game or two. Um, we're still in the 16 game season at this point. So it'd be like, you know, I could see them winning it at like uh, 10 and six, 11 and five. I mean, we, the AFC East also has the toughest schedule out of all the, you know, out of all the divisions. 
So that's going to play a factor. I could see the Pats sneaking in at, you know, like an, also like a 10 and six, something like that. And then, you know, I would go out on a limb just because I really don't have any faith in case that I could see Miami coming ahead of the Jets um, in the division one way or another, just because, uh, you know, I, I believe in Flores and think that, you know, they're, they're, they got, they're a decent squad and they have talent. They just have to kind of figure out how to work with it together. Right. Um, And my opinion, the Jets have the talent, just not the coaching. Okay. So I think that that's, what's going to kind of set them back. But, you know, for me, at least in the AFC side of things, uh, Chiefs for the team to beat until I know uh, Baltimore easily has the most like talent all around, but for whatever, they can't beat the Chiefs. They can't do it. Right. They haven't been able to do in regular season, you know, like Mahomes just finds a way to win. Well, and again, he, yeah, yeah. Oh, he got paid that way. We will get into Obviously. that in a second. I was figuring yeah. out a way to like segue into that. Sure. But we'll, we'll sure. Talk. But yeah. Yeah. No, but um, uh, there there are a bunch of different threats in the AFC. Um, you know, like uh, again, it will be probably I could see the the Ravens and the the Chiefs duking it out again for those top two spots. That's gonna be must. Um, what's that? Oh That's yeah, no, muscle. it already it already was. You know, even yeah. with this, um, you know, I don't really. Bill O'Brien is not necessarily a bad coach, but. Uh, tragic GM with all the moves that he made so you know I the Texans will still be in the playoffs in my opinion but I don't know you know the the Titans can end up giving them a run for their money for the division the Especially Jags will be signed uh what's his name the running back Derrick Henry yeah yeah Derrick Henry four, to a four-year four 50 50 million extension so that was a great great addition to keep him great on great to see him getting paid um, you know yeah because yeah that's not common for a lot of running backs I mean after I saw them pay Tannehill um at first and just tagged henry i was kind of feeling bad because i was like well this is a guy that literally won you playoff games that's what i was gonna say and he's not and he's not getting rewarded for it so you know it, it will it will be interesting to see uh what ends up happening in that division i i don't think the colts are good enough to make it to the playoffs even with philip rivers being there now you know i i would hope you know, they they just kind of that andrew luck decision just kind of like screwed them up for a yeah. little while, which is just too bad. I would I would go out on a whim on kind of like a hot take to say yeah. that the Titans will end up upsetting the Texans to win the AFC South. I really I think that, that, you know, they have the – yeah, no, I mean, who knows with all these predictions, but um, I could see that end up being the case. But, you know, the Ravens will win in the North and the Chiefs will win. And then the wild card spots – I mean, I didn't even talk about the AFC West as much, but uh, I mean, the Raiders will be very interesting to see. I mean, you know, they're still kind of developing there. Everyone thinks that Denver is really locked and loaded with the amount that John Elway went out and spent um, on the offense when in the draft, but maybe he neglected the defense too much. Right. And the Chargers are going to be a bit of a work in progress with Justin Herbert just getting into the mix. But yeah, at least for uh, the wild card predictions. You know, uh, because I said the Bills would win, I would have to put the Pats in one of those spots. The Steelers ha- have never had a losing record with Mike Toblin, and I don't think that's going to start now. So I can easily see. Pieces. Yeah, no. And, and Juju will be back healthy. Yeah. Roethlisberger will be there. Um, James Conner will be healthy. Right. Uh, I put, could put the Steelers easily in one of those spots. And let me think for one of those last. Oh, I mean, I guess I'd have to put the Texans. How'd you feel about the no. DeAndre Hopkins trade? 
come on, man. Like this is part of what I was talking about with with Bill O'Brien. Fine, fine coach, but my God, my I don't think there's anyone in the. I don't think you could find anyone in the world that that would that would say that. Oh yeah, like that was a good trade. Texans got the better deal out of this, unless like DeAndre Hopkins, like like has a career-ending injury. God forbid. If he did, yeah. that would be like the only way in which I see the Texans winning this deal. I just there, I I don't I don't get it, dude. I really don't. You know, I <laughs> that that was like to get it. Uh, you know, uh, past his prime and injured David Johnson and a second and fourth round pick for him. If I were you know the Cardinals GM and I heard that. I would just be like, yeah, no, absolutely. Hung up and fucking laughed. Like, I would just, yeah. Yeah, 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 no. I just would have been like, what? You, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Don't even have to hear the rest of the deal. Believe what Bill O'Brien gave us. Like, like, that's literally what my my reaction would be. He's got D Hop for fucking nothing. Yeah. They have Kenyon Drake. They don't even need David Johnson. Like, that's like where I'm like, yeah. Like, but that's at least her. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I said it was gonna be like the scene from The Wolf on Wall Street. Like he just hangs up the phone and everyone's yeah, just like, <laughs> no, that's, going crazy. That's literally what it would be like. Yeah, where you're just selling this guy like nothing yeah. but bullshit. Just con and artist. He just believes it. Yeah. That's literally what it was. I would have like felt like I got away with murder. Yeah. Like that, that, that's literally literally. Um yeah. but yeah, that's at least my my for AFC predictions. Um I, I, you know, I'll go off enough to say, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take up too much time. I think the Chiefs will, like, in a, in a normal circumstance, would repeat. I, I know that that might be, like, favorite and, like, easy. They're just too good. Mahomes is still on that deal. They're keeping all their pieces. I, I, he, he is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And, obviously, we're going to talk about, you know, some of these extensions and stuff like that. He's just going to kill it. NFC always, always, always a slaughterhouse. You know, no idea at any time what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, when it comes to the NFC North, I could see the Packers falling off a bit because they didn't really address yeah, what they needed to. Yeah. Um, and I could honestly see the Vikings ending up winning that division. Um, but I also think that Matt LaFleur has kind of been more of an overrated coach. I mentioned this on your last podcast. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's as great as people are making him out to be. And obviously with Rodgers kind of being in a pissy situation with not getting what he needed and then knowing that Jordan Love's going to be there, kind of just creates some friction. Um, so I don't necessarily see them repeating as the division winners. I would go out to say the Vikings would. The Lions, sadly, in my opinion, just with Matt Patricia, don't have it. I, I just don't think that they're like enough to like yeah, make no. some noise. Uh, as much you know, thanks for any like good player that's ever been on or uh, been like on Detroit's team. You know, they just produce like Hall of Fame, if not elite level talent, and they just you know can't do anything with it. Uh, the Bears, you know, I, I I want the best for them, but with Trubisky and Foles. The yeah. fact that that's their QB battle, I really think that they're still a talented roster that has a good defense. But the QB position, that's just shaky. He's more of a he's more of a situational quarterback, right? Like he's not really suited for. I mean, I guess he'd make for a good backup if you need him in key spots, but I, I don't know. That's no, just, I just I just don't. Foles' magic came and left with Philly. I I really I just I, as soon as I saw the Jags sign him to that like monstrous four-year, $88 million deal. I was like, 
I was like, God, like that's just a terrible situation for them. They're better up. off. No, 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 but not even that. No, no. I mean, that's not as hilarious as like the the Bill O'Brien like trade, but uh, still not good. Um, but they were able, you know, to kind of get rid of that. Luckily, they were able to trade them to the Bears. So, you know, I just uh, picking Foles over uh, a Cam Newton is, makes no sense to me um, personally, but. Yeah, I, I could see the Vikings winning, and I, I would go enough to say I, I I could see the Packers blowing in and not even making it to the to the playoffs. So I don't I think the Vikings would be the division winner from there. Then I mean you have the NFC West, who's the you know the most stacked and crazy division in football. Um, you know I I think that San Francisco is still good but they're going to be at it with Seattle for that top spot. The Rams just have like way too many issues. And I don't think that Goff is like elite enough to bring them over the top in a way, but even the Cardinals are going to be improving. So that division is just going to be a slaughterhouse um, as, as it has been the past couple of years, but now it's just going to be even more crazy with stuff. Um, but, you know, I would say that, you know, I, I could see the San Fran winning again, Seahawks being a wild card, maybe the Rams. Maybe is golf like a he's like to me he's kind of a bang average quarterback. He's yeah he is but he's he kind of got he kind of got figured he and McVeigh kind of got figured out this year so yeah. they have to kind of rewrite what they're doing a little bit and then not having Todd Gurley now is interesting and then you know their their whole wide receiver tree um, you know with being Robert Woods and Cooper Cup being the guys because they got rid of Cooks like that in its own right is interesting also so I, I don't really know. You know, they, they still have, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald because that guy is just oh an absolute savage. He trains um, yeah, Dude, he's just, he's, yeah, I saw it. He, he's, he's unbelievable. But I, yeah, I, I think they're good enough to at least still be, they were almost a playoff team last year. I could see them still doing it again. Um, but I mean, you know, the NFC is just absolutely insane. I think the Giants, you know, moving on to the NFC East, Giants will have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of struggle with, with you know, a kind of adapting to a new coach, new system that's natural. Yeah. They're going to take some time with stuff, so I don't expect them to make some noise. I have no, like, with, when it comes to the, the Washington football team, um, I really don't think Haskins is the guy. Um, I think he was very overhyped and valued at, o, o, at Ohio State. So I, I would even say that I just don't see them going anywhere the Eagles were really, really banged up last year. But with them coming back healthy, I think that you could easily say that they're a wild card. And I actually have a lot of faith with the Cowboys under McCarthy that they could win the division, having everything together. Because their team is just so talented, as yeah, I said on your last have. podcast. They, oh, yeah. I mean, they still lost Byron Jones, but my God, is that team still just yeah. unbelievable. How would you feel um, about Dak asking for Pat Mahomes-level money? Well, I mean, so the the original things that they were saying, oh yeah, that, by the end, paid that right? No, 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 he no, 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 no. They were they were saying that they he was close to signing a deal between the what they offered him, which was the thirty three to thirty five, which is what he should have been paid, in my opinion, and what he was worth when he was asking for more. Like he is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not not even close. you know he would have gotten the, he would have gotten the paid the same as Russell Wilson essentially, at least in per year annually. He's, he would have gotten paid the same essentially as Russell Wilson, and he's not that. Yeah. So, you know, that alone is kind of like, all right, well, you know, he could have gotten paid this, paid that. Blah, blah, I thought blah, there like. was a rumor going around that he was purportedly supposed to make 
Pat Mahomes numbers. I don't know if the, the same guy, the same guys that wrote that Reddit train on how bad we thought the the Redskins fallout was going to be probably wrote that report. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just because, remember something like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, because all the reports were saying uh, from the original money that the Cowboys were trying to give him in the first place, which was between the 33 to 35 annually, um, which, again, is fun. like I think especially with how Mahomes reset the market would have been a very fair price and deal for him. But, yeah, no, that's that's kind of, you know, it sucks that they weren't able to get it done, especially when you see all these other extensions going on. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of just a shame, but uh, yeah. I, but even just to to wrap, uh, because I realized I didn't do the um, I didn't do the NFC South as the fast part of that recap, or whatever. But yeah, I could even see like you know, like the Saints are still unbelievable. You know, with Drew Brees, he might be falling yeah. off a bit, but even the talent that's just there, they're great. Panthers will take a little bit to reset and stuff, getting Bridgewater there, so they're gonna kind of be. Um, I know the people are saying the Bucks are going to be like a, a playoff team. I don't, you know, even yeah, with Brady and Gronk there. Too. Yeah, I do, dude. I they're at best a wild card in my opinion because the NFC is harder. Uh, even at this point now, just because of like how I feel, this is not like I obviously love Brady. Think that he's incredible, and you know, obviously is did more for the Patriots even as a Patriots. Brought me more joy than anyone could have ever, along with Belichick, than could have ever as a sports fan. I, I you know, after watching him this past year, really didn't think that he was, like, in my opinion, it was the worst I saw him play in his entire career. So I kind of just see him declining. I really think that they're just an overhyped team. You don't think with the way opinion, him? because I know for a fact that even in, even in my amateur football f- following, I yeah. know that wide receivers can elevate quarterbacks and then also vice yeah. versa so you don't yeah. think with all those i mean he's got a ridiculous amount yeah of he does with oj howard cameron Brate, yeah Gronk, yeah evans godwin you know they, they obviously just because they they're going to take time to gel and then just that division alone is just going to be coming you have to play you know like that panther like that panthers front and then coming you know cameron jordan facing him twice a year yeah with stuff you know, even like the, the, the Falcons, you know, kind of like, you know, where he has to face like Keanu Neal and like every everyone that's coming from that deep. Like, I don't know. I just I, – I, I would go off, you know, just to say that I could see them missing it. You know, I, I really could, which might be, you know, what, like how could you, you know, even watching the guy for so long. And, you know, I know Bruce Arians like works magic with veteran quarterbacks, but – you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I really, I, I, you know, it sounds bad, but, you know, I'm really questioning at this point. I, I beforehand was not. It wasn't until kind of the Rams Super Bowl that I was kind of like, ooh, like the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. That I was yeah. kind of like, you know, this might be it type of deal. And then after watching him this year, I was just like, damn, like I really think that he's fallen off and he's not, you know, what he was, which, I mean, happens when you're that age. Um, and it's nothing against him, but. You know, I just, I just can't even imagine them as like a Super Bowl contender. Or That's coming from anything of the fan. That's how you know it's. Which is not a lot, dude. A lot of people don't would not admit that. You know, they think that he's going to go off and like kill it elsewhere. I think that that's an unpopular opinion, at least amongst Patriots fans, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, I and there, I still think that the Saints would win the division, and everything. But yeah, I, you know, I the Falcons. You know, I, I, they gave Dan Quinn another year, and they actually had, like, a really, like, solid end of the year where they were winning a lot of their games. I wanted it to happen last year but didn't, but could see them 
kind of bouncing back this year even, but I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, my playoff picture there would be Saints winning the NFC South, uh, Cowboys winning the NFC East, um, Vikings winning the North, and then in the West it would be the 49ers, but the Seahawks would be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, the Eagles, and I know I was saying the Rams before because I could see them, but maybe just with all the division stuff it could be hard for that last wild card spot. You know, I might I might go crazy enough to just go a little bit crazy with this to say the Falcons, you know, even over the Bucks, which would be kind of wild, but I don't know. Someone tells me that they're really hungry and, like, revamped yeah. to try to get after it and yeah. prove it, and Dan Quinn's going to be going all out for that last year. But uh, who I could see emerging Victoria yeah, – all right, you know what? I'll go crazy when it comes yeah. to, like, go NFC crazy. stuff, you know, because um, I was, like, thinking about this. I – could see this being the year that Dallas makes it, but they don't win it. Okay. I really think that they're talented that, enough to like get that's there. That crazy. No, but but that no. you're usually uh, you know Jason Garrett was there, and they were never. I mean, they won two playoff games in his tenure. Yeah, I know. I could see them. Yeah, but I could see them fully with like a Mike McCarthy team, and even though Dak, like I feel like Dak's just gonna really like try to go out there and prove it. You know, I'll go crazy enough to say that I could see Dallas at least making there, but I don't think that they would beat uh, beat Kansas City. You know, I, I for some reason the Saints, if the Saints run into the Vikings, they're losing because they just can't beat them for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but yeah, no, these are you know some wild playoff predictions that I might have. Or center James over there. No, nah, dude, you know you gotta you gotta take some crazy risk with stuff. So yeah, I mean, uh, I would go off and not to say that. Where's the fun with just going? Who knows, man? A season might not even happen in the first place. So all I could just say that I'm a genius, and no one would ever be able to tell me otherwise. That's the thing too. It's like there's a difference between doing what you're doing and doing what ESPN does, where ESPN will have Max Kellerman go up and say with a straight face that between Steph Curry and Igudala, Martians have the death ray on Earth. He wants Igudala taking the last shot. You're not doing that. You have statistics to back you up and prior knowledge as a devoted nfl fan and prior knowledge i, I mean I'm not, not, uh, yeah but even saying like they're them being a first year team with mccarthy to be able to go out and do i mean i just know because mccarthy is a super bowl winning coach and i do think that he is like the talent and stuff to kind of like bring them to they they are just so talented that i can just see them getting there uh, especially dax just going to want to go all out to prove it not even necessarily for the cowboys like because who knows he could just like try and go out and like, you know, after this year, just ball out and be like, look, if you guys don't pay me, someone else should. And yeah. like, then someone else would like go out and take that risk. So just like all those factors combined, I could see them kind of uh, all meshing together. But, you know, if they lose, which again, I can't see the, the Chiefs being upset, you know, Chiefs Ravens, it's going to be a battle, you know, um, between them at the top. But yeah, I, I still think that I could see the Chiefs winning, but you know, with that being said, that's a great segue into Patty Mahomes. Yeah, do we want to do we want to take a little break because we are reaching the hour mark here? We could go into this. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, take a break we'll... and then we'll come back talking about some. We already brought up the DAC deal, so now it's yeah. going into uh, the Patty deal. Right, right. Open so, up the market, yeah. okay, guys. Yeah. Uh, you'll see Future Cope doing a anchor deal, an anchor ad, and uh, when we come back, like we said, Pat Mahomes and much, much more to come. Stay strapped in, guys. 
So guys, you want to be successful. You want to have the podcast of your dreams. You want to make money off of this. Well, I can tell you firmly that the best way to do this is anger. Okay, I used to be on Buzzsprout, the Voldemort of podcast hosting services, he who shall not be named. I switch over to Anchor. I have the ability to get connected with sponsors, to be making money off every episode. It's great. It's simple. You know, you don't have that weird cancellation thing after a month that Buzzsprout does where, you know, one day all of your podcast episodes are gone. You know, it's it's simple. It's easy. It's intuitive. All my friends that are into podcasting use it. Go check out Anchor. All right. Trust me. If you're trying to make it in the business, it's the route to go. Wish I had started out that way. All right, guys. Back to the episode. All right. Second half of the show. We're back. We're here. We're ready to talk about that Mahomes mega deal. Record-breaking. Something that someone told me in the YouTube comments I was incorrect about. So I'm going to, as all natural sports commentators do, double down on it. Because that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? So let's get into it. Respect. I guess, yeah, yeah, right? I guess I'll get your take first. Because as I said, I covered it on my other podcast. Yeah, yeah, which I listened to also. So the one thing that I thought that um, after even listening to your uh, other podcast, the one thing that I found to be like kind of interesting where I was trying to figure out, you know, whether or not like like just a point that I think that could have been made about like the whole thing. The one thing that made the Mahomes thing, even with the injury clause, so interesting to me was the length of time. You know, you if you look at like like past NFL deal, I mean, because he still is on like his rookie salary this upcoming one, so it does not come into effect in 2020. It comes in 2021 mm-hmm. uh, is when he starts getting the big bucks. You know. Uh, just even even as great as he is, even with like you know his like he's accomplished so much at such a young age, you know only being twenty four. Uh, you know the the biggest deals. You know there there have been six contracts that have been like huge in NFL history that have been like for a long time for like you know a lot of money like a Donovan McNabb like twelve year extension like you know just like crazy ones like that. Uh, I I you know no one ever really lives it out to the absolute end that's what i was gonna deal. say that was the problem i had with and him. he'll be extraordinarily old by the time this thing is done yeah no no no, no he yeah he'll be i what 11 so he'll be 35. 35 yeah um you know who knows if he's still gonna be with the chiefs then who knows if he's gonna be like his lead i think if they were a deal that we could work for them both personally i would have been more of like a, a seven year person you know if you wanted if yeah if you wanted to to make it so that he was like like if you wanted to keep him for a long time still break records with it but then also like you know not long enough where you know like even like that three years where he could get into 35 and stuff he could still be great you know but you know do you extend him then you know i get it from the longevity standpoint but uh you know if he gets hurt or he gets injured that's and what I was just, saying on my other one. It's like what what you can't control some of the intangibles there. Yeah, with hit with the amount you know the four hundred seventy seven million guaranteed, it just is like ooh, you know, yeah. like I, I like I don't know, you know, he even he got hurt, you know, week one and week four this past year was out for a decent amount of time, and then obviously came back. You know, like obviously you don't want to see it because he is a generational talent, and you know he was worth all of that. But I don't know. If, years to me was just kind of like uh, i don't know you know kind of a little shaky like 
talking about the years aspect and how old he's going to be coming out the back end of this deal to me. And obviously you would be more qualified to talk about this. So feel free to disagree with me and tell me if I'm being delusional here to me, I could see one of the potential realities with this being like an Aaron Rodgers situation where we see he doesn't have any weapons around him. You know, he's still considered good, but he doesn't have, cause you know, obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of contracts on the team expiring like Tyree kill Sammy, like all those guys, their contracts are going to be, or they're going to be going into free agency around 2021, 2022, 2023. What will he be left with? Sure. He's Pat Mahomes, but are we going to see like, like I said, Aaron Rodgers, like are we going to see that situation? That's something I had a question about. Tyreek was supposed to get that huge extension before the whole rumor came out with him abusing his kid. Yeah. um, Type deal. And also him abusing like his girlfriend and uh, at that time. So, but he was due to like get like the $100 million one. Like he was going to be like the big receiver to get the big money. He ended up settling for a little bit less. So he got extended. Um, Tyreek did. So, you know, he'll be there at least for a little while. But, you know, Sammy Watkins was getting paid like an enormous amount. I don't really expect him to be there in the long term plans. I don't really know what will end up, you know, happening with Kelsey. You obviously like hope he will yeah. stay and stuff. They just paid Chris Jones out, you know, huge money. So they're keeping like the core pieces and stuff. Um, the honey badgers there for at least two more years and so on. But yeah, no, I mean, I get that completely, especially with the NFL's cap and coronavirus, at least hindering it for upcoming season and stuff. It's, it's freaky. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if this will be something that, you know, will handle hinder them for this upcoming year. Again, I already said that I think the chiefs win because for this upcoming year, because Mahomes is still in the rookie deal really doesn't, kill them that much right and he has the 500 million i'd imagine that would affect his gameplay positively too it's like hey listen i'm getting paid 500 million dollars with 477 million guaranteed like i'm gonna ball out because i'm worth his money yeah i don't yeah i don't even think that he would get worse especially with andy reed there and such um i just find them too too good at this point and you know i even what what you were saying on your other podcasts with him trying to chase chase Brady at this standpoint, he's definitely going to try. I don't think he'll get there. But I think that, you know, it, it will be at least a scenario where Mahomes will get multiple Super Bowls and, you know, will be a Hall of Famer, I think. They don't necessarily have to be in a row. These next two could be. But I think after that, once the salary ke- kicks in, it's going to be hard for them to retain some of those pieces. 100%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how good they are by that stage and standpoint. But you know, I I get it, but I, I you know I think the Hunt family was really taking a large risk um, and doing it for the ten years. If it ends up working out for them, which hopefully it does, because I love watching Mahomes play. I think he's phenomenal. Just ridiculous. Literally, literally was is my one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. You know, obviously I hope it goes for the best for them, but just history kind of tells us that. You know, I don't necessarily know if it will um and if he will like end up leaving out like the whole time of that contract but you know i i think at this point you know history tends yeah excuse me yeah so we'll see um it really will be one of those things that will be interesting you know obviously what we were talking about before with the dax scenario you know if he got paid that amount of money would have been fine i think he would have been okay and you know he wanted to reset the market because he wasn't going to come to Mahomes' money but then 
you know, you think of all these other deals. Now, what is Lamar Jackson going to get paid? What is Deshaun Watson going to get paid? Like all of this stuff where they'll probably, I mean, knowing Bill O'Brien's GM skills, Deshaun Watson will be making like 60 mil for 20 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like annually. He'll be so, traded two years in. Yeah. Well, no, Bill O'Brien will probably be gone by that point, but then Deshaun will never, like with a contract of that magnitude, he'll never live up to it because – I mean, no one can live up to it. That means you'd have to win the Super Bowl every year, and he's not going to do that. So especially with Bill O'Brien, you know, depriving him of the amount of talent yeah. that's there. Also, so, there, could like a, there could be like a Jay Cutler situation where you get paid money and purportedly you're just like, all right, well, I got this money. I'm guaranteed. Like I don't, you know, start to take the, 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 the foot off the accelerator, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that could easy, easily happen. So, I, I don't know. Lamar, you know, will eventually, like, be worth, like, a contract similar. You know, I think Lamar Jackson is an unbelievable talent and just crazy. But I don't know if he has, like, just that 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 mantra and almost just ability that Mahomes does to just literally just change games like that. That's, like, I think just one of the talents that, you know, not that – but, I mean, no one else has that. So, that's where I'm, like – no, I, I don't know. Go I th- ahead. I, I think he has – and I don't want to, like, go out on a branch here. Oh, I don't want to go out on a limb here. But one could say he has close to the athletic ability of Mahomes. Maybe close, but not quite there. But I don't think that's that unfair. He's, more, he's more of a skilled runner, but he right, doesn't have that's, the that's arm. What I was gonna say. He doesn't yeah, have the have, arm that Mahomes does. The skill comes in with Mahomes, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. he could be Mahomes if he had, like you said, a better arm and I think a bit more skill. Because to me, Mahomes is, is like, better in the – like, he has more awareness, you know, just an overall better handle on the game. Um, that being said, I mean – Lamar Jackson is just ridiculous. Like, if, you know, no, no, he is. But in crazy. my opinion, if Mahomes didn't get hurt week four, uh-huh. uh, which is like when he like kind of like banged up his – I mean, his first four games, if you look at Mahomes' first four games of the season, he torched – was just torching everyone. Right. If he didn't get hurt, you would have seen – like I think he would have won MVP back-to-back years. Uh, Lamar obviously had an unbelievable season and deserved it more than anything, but I think without Mahomes' injury, very, very good chance he would have repeated it as MVP, in my opinion. Mm. But, um, you know, it's even like Deshaun Watson's rookie year. I mean, he was setting the league on fire, you know, obviously when Mahomes was, like, on the bench and stuff and then ends up tearing his ACL in practice, like, very well could have ended up being, like, you know, an MVP candidate that year, easily, like, rookie of the year. Uh, He was fighting with Carson Wentz at that time. Carson Wentz would have won it over Brady if he didn't get hurt. So, you know, that just happened to be a year where the injuries knocked two guys that easily could have potentially been in the running for it or won it uh, out of the race, which is why Brady ended up winning it. So, you know, it's just interesting to always see what ends up happening with those MVP races. Um, It is. It is. It's certainly a lot of talent at at quarterback. I will say so. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's really crazy. And even what you were talking about before, you know, what will happen with Cam if he falls down on the steel? He'll be able to make seven point five million at most. Um, again, I see the Pats being a playoff team. You know, obviously, because I'm biased, would I love for them to win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton? 
Absolutely. Do I think that's realistic? No. But what that would be really awesome if they had the opportunity and stuff. But you know, even with Cam, if Cam, oh, of course they'd be mad because that's just continuing the dynasty. Um, and that would only just prove Belichick's brilliance with it all. But yeah, I mean, but then it becomes a situation. Okay, hypothetically, Cam goes out if he wins the Super Bowl with the Pats. He's getting paid seven point five and was on that one year deal. Then how much do you owe him? It's true. And will the Patriots pay that? Yeah, uh, you, you know, know big questions. That's what I said. Like you were talking about Bill Belichick's brilliance. We've seen it time and time again, picking up Antonio Brown, picking up Cam Newton on target deals. For one game, though. Right, like literally, like just just like chestnut checkers. You, you know what I mean? Like going out yeah. and, and scouting that D2 guy from Mississippi State or wherever. Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar. Like, like when everyone else is at the draft, Bel- Belichick was out in the rain. Like he's just – I don't know – uh, he's he's just I don't know. He, uh, that's the only thing I can say. He's a brilliant coach, and he's uh, he's he like Pat Mahomes. He's generational. There's no other way of saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even with that though, we'll see what Duggar ends up happening. Because besides, I, I brought this up in your last podcast. Besides Patrick Chung, Belichick weirdly actually has a bat. Like he he misses on people within the second round. And I mentioned this on your last podcast, so. Yeah, no, it, it will be really interesting to see, you know, if this ends up being like a, a thing that, you know, he'll, if Duggar really is the deal. I mean, even getting Adrian Phillips, who's another great special teamer from the Chargers that we were able to pick up with that, ended up being like a big piece for us. So, we'll, you know, we'll see um, how good this is. Even a new kicker. I mean, we've had Guskowski for the past 14 years. Then we draft this. Yeah. Yeah, well, then he got hurt, but um, but even like having having like Rohrwasser, who was not you know typical Belichick, he wasn't even on anyone's draft board. No one really knew who he was, and that's now our kicker. You know, it could just be we've had a really good stretch with Belichick's with kickers because we've only literally had Vinatieri or Guskowski. Besides when they've been hurt, we've obviously had to have replacement kickers. Right. So if Rohrwasser just continues this trend, you know, this would be really great. And for all the people that were wondering about Roar Wasser also, he got that three percenters tattoo removed because I know that that was very controversial when he got drafted. What happened with that? I never heard about that. uh, That's a a tattoo that there's like a far right alt, uh, alt right militia group that's like, you know, just basically a bunch of white nationalists um, that, you know, are like pro arms and military stuff. Oh. That the three they're called the three percenters, and Roar Wasser when he was younger got that tattoo thinking, and this is from coming from him that he thought that it was just like a pro military thing, mm-hmm. not a white nationalist group. So then when he got drafted and everyone was like, "This guy literally supports white nationalism," he was like, "I had no idea what that meant. I'm sorry," and then got it removed. Up for debate. Yeah, kind of Talk. stuff, but just wanted to say to the people out there because I know when that name gets brought up, people are like, "Gosh, like you know that guy, he did get the tattoo removed." So progress, yeah, in that in that way. Not saying I defend the guy who knows what his real intentions are, but I mean, if he's willing to take it off and get rid of it, you know, I think that that's easily a step in the right direction rather than defending it and leaving so it on. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if we're talking about talk being cheap. 
Should we get into the anti-Semitic comments by Deshaun Jackson, Nick Cannon, Stephen Jackson coming out in the what a, what a segue that that ended up. Uh, I'm getting better at the segue stuff, man. You know, no, I mean? that was yeah. yeah I just yeah, just like how you were saying before, I just gave you that little little lob, and you're dunking yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So should we? I guess. Well, the story's kind of old, but I'll I'll preface it quickly for the people that don't, because a lot of the people that watch this don't. I feel like aren't really well entrenched in the world of sports, but I feel like even the people that weren't in the world of sports saw this. Sean Jackson came out on his Instagram citing a passage that he wrongly attributed to Hitler. And it was citing a, a Jewish American plot to upend African-Americans. Is that, am I around? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm on the right track. So he, obviously he got a lot of flack for that. Steven Jackson came out, defended him. They, they both eventually apologized and I'll get into uh, what, Deshaun Jackson has been doing afterwards uh, because I do think he's taken a lot of positive steps um, recently as well. Nick Cannon on his podcast said something about how there was we, we white people were savages and that if you didn't have melanin, you were uh, you didn't have a lot of soul in you or something along those lines. Uh, let me know if I'm I'm incorrect here at any point. Yeah, uh, I did not look as much into the Nick Cannon stuff, but I knew that um, one of the things that he was saying is he was like, they were, he was basically calling, like, saying that black people were, like, the true people. Yeah. Um, of, like, the, like, that whole Mesopotamian region. Right. Uh, I want to say the, the exact quote was, uh, I, I could be wrong, too. but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, you know, we, that's, that's, you know, for future podcasts and stuff, we should have a guy like uh, producer, pull up, yeah, to pull up all the stuff. Pull that up, Jamie. Uh, yeah, like, just like terrible. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have someone to pull up all that stuff to be able to figure it out. You know, when, when once you get big time, Cooperman, you'll easily be able to have a Jamie. Yeah, right. So, yeah, be- there'll be a Jamie there to help you out with this stuff. You won't have to worry. Okay, so. here we go. I feel like I, I look so much stuff up on this podcast. Anyways, why stop now? Okay. <clears throat> Viacom CBS ended a decade-long relationship with Cannon uh, after he said, obviously on his podcast, the true he called black people the true Hebrews. And he yes, that's what it was. Conspiracy theories, which has been anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, have been the backbone of all of this anti-Semitic humdrum that's been going on. I think a lot of it too, and I don't mean to sound ignorant when I say this, but has been tied to the Nation of Islam and Louise Farrakhan noted anti-semitic person not the biggest fan of jewish people uh it's safe to say that too you know a lot of people that are jewish aren't fans of louis farrakhan or the nation of islam so there's a lot of tension going around let's unpack first i guess uh the deshaun jackson comments how you felt about it because i said my spiel on multiple podcasts now i'll just say it one more time for for anyone new listening I think at the least, if you're going to view it through Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson's eyes, if you're trying to build up this Black Lives Matter movement, at the least, it's remarkably tone deaf. Remarkably, remarkably dumb. You can't quote Hitler in an article and have the rest be a positive message. Not even that the stuff that he posted was a positive message. I'm saying in general, if you're going to post something, even if it's some uplifting quote, like I said on the Lolo Down with Jerry, if it's some uplifting quote, everything that gets negated when it's Hitler at the end of the thing. If you have a dash, Hitler, everything else is like, hold, you know, step on the brakes. What's going on? That's that's a Hitler quote. 
it's a juxtaposition when you include Hitler and positivity in the same sentence. So at the least, if I'm giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, which I, I tend to now more because of the steps he's taking, which we'll get into in a second, it was just tone deaf. It really wasn't well advised at all. I know a, lo- a bunch of people covered it. They kind of pussyfooted around the fact that he quoted Hitler even wrongly, but you know, I, I'll get your, your opinion on it. So I don't really ramble too long on this. No, no, don't worry. I mean, obviously it hits more to home to you, obviously yeah. someone that, you know, that is Jewish. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, bunch of my friends from school right from college are Jewish my girlfriend's Jewish like I can only imagine you know what those comments could would feel like to them yeah much like to you it's got to be you know like kind of just like a you know especially I mean like there were plenty of friends of mine that I had that were in you know ZBT with me in school that love like there were Eagles fans that loved DJX they loved him and, you know, and they're, they were, you know, Jewish. So then having like this come out, they're kind of like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of not, especially, you know, the Eagles are owned by Jeff Lowry, who's Jewish. So like all this just stuff is just kind of like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're G Harry Roseman, you know, is Jewish. Who's your GM. So it's just like, or, you know, uh, their GM. So the, all of it is, you know, just obviously frightening, but, you know, I, I made this point to them because, you know, obviously they were talking about stuff and, I know that we, we even went into um, some of like the political stuff on uh, our last podcast together. You know, you can't, if, if Black Lives Matter are supposed to be like equivalent to, you know, like having equal, equal rights as everyone, you mm-hmm. cannot ignore or subjugate hate toward another group. So when you're, when you're seeing, you know, different, prominent African-Americans like, uh, you know, Stephen Jackson or else like, you know, going out of their way to speak out against, you know, and kind of saying like, oh, like what Deshaun's saying is truth. Like it's a, they're in my opinion, only hurting themselves. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not helping their cause. You know, if you're the whole thing is, you know, you're supposed to like work like with Jewish people and, you know, with other races, you know, unfortunately enough like you know what i was saying before african-americans need in a way the help of white people jewish people included to help you know support and get their message across so kind of working against them doesn't really help them at all even when i saw someone um malcolm jenkins the former eagle safety who now just re-signed with the saints again Mm -hmm. you know basically i i kind of got what his message was from a friend pointing it out um, and kind of like recircling, but essentially stating that, that quote unquote, like, like the, the phrasing which he used, he was trying to say that Jewish people like weren't like the enemy of African-Americans, but, but he, he phrased it. Yes. Not our problem. And didn't really offer anything to like clarify that, you know, he only like retweeted something that just create, like, imagine like, uh, you know, like, a prominent member of the Jewish community. I'm saying like someone like will go out of my way to say like a, a Larry David, right? Yeah, like Larry David comes out and says, yeah, Larry David comes out and says, black people aren't our problem. What? Like just the phrasing of that alone is inexcusable. Like yeah. where like, that's like kind of like the double standard where it's like, well, that would like cost him like everything. hundred percent. But you know, that's like kind of like why, you know, you, I, I, kind of got you know at least from what he retweeted like what his message was 
but he could have phrased that much better. Yeah. You know, to the point where it just it just sounds terrible. It just sounds like very hypocritical and was poorly worded. Right. But yeah, no, I, I and even with this whole like, you know, Nick Cannon stuff being like re aired and you know, now he's saying that I know that he was saying that he demanded like the rights to Wild and Out and stuff and like that that was like his show and his brand, like they brought Ryan Seacrest on. But he's hosting it now, which is I don't know, that's it's a whole other conversation because I don't know why, why you know, Wild and Out and Ryan Seacrest are, are mixing, but that's it's another conversation to have entirely. But yeah, I, I saw what he what happened with that. Uh, allow me this for a second, though. Sure. I've been postulating a lot on this recently, and it seems like, and let me know if you agree with this. Like you said, there is a double standard. I think because the Holocaust in history is better documented than slavery because some stuff is blatantly left out of slavery you've kind of taught me that some stuff that i wouldn't necessarily not have known unless i've heard it from some of my african-american friends that i've had and and i also am very thankful that i've been able to have open conversations about this with a lot of my friends who are african african-american they can explain their side i can explain my side obviously as a jewish man uh, man excuse me them as an african-american it still seems to me though like there is this weird like you said double standard like where someone like nick cannon can get away with that and then you got guys like diddy diddy's like hey man come on over to da 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 like we got your back like we know that you said something but you didn't really even mean it da 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 it's like no no dude if someone said that on the other side they get nuked like it's not it's not me being salty and yes when i first heard about this i was extremely angry like i was outrage but the more i looked at it and that's like i said on my last podcast that's my job as a podcaster is to look at all sides of the situation and make and assess and and make an analysis it's still it's it's not being handled the same way and it's also a lot of people you know like the whole shine situation did you or shane's did you yeah what happened with that yeah people are still like yeah you know that happened but i'm still gonna buy from them it's like dude if Someone, let's just say someone had been, you know, ah, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a, an example. If someone says, hey, I'm selling a Robert E. Lee necklace, 250 you could wear it. That company is not seeing the light of day again. I guarantee it. Or at the or least. The person, whoever made that decision right. is getting axed, the yeah. owner axed, like all of that. I just want to see. You're right. You're right. Like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like you know you know try to try to formulate an argument here and 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 hit all the points that you made but you're right there's there's this double standard it's not the same repercussions because i think also too a lot of people subscribe to this conspiracy theory where it's like jewish people are are the main oppressors of black people which is not at all the case it's really just not we've been as oppressed in some cases, uh, yeah. If it's anything, it's been from white Christians, right? Um, right. So the the whole thing that we're somehow pulling the strings and we're up in the one percenters going to F one races and 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 you know having like weird you know Bilderberg meetings and all that. It's not true. It's just not. You know what I mean? It's it's not. And I think also I like what you said, where it's like the whole basis of the movement is getting everyone on board and treating everyone the same way. Jewish people, you like to, I mean, I see a lot of people saying that the reason we're so, we, we, um, we have so much control and that we were overseeing everything is because we have so much money. 
did you ever think that maybe we could be a powerful ally instead of just immediately that we could be a very powerful ally? Because it's true, like Jewish people, we know how to be successful. We had to be. It wasn't just because we got some handout. It's because we were constantly being prosecuted throughout history and we figured out a way to get up in the ranks so that would stop happening to us. If anything, we're just, we're a powerful friend. And I'm trying to get everyone on the same page because do I think that Nick Cannon fully is anti-Semitic? It pains me to say it. No, not all the way. Maybe. But I think with the, with the case of Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson, they were brought up that way. Like I was discussing with my mother. I think they're not, I don't think they're hateful, but I think it's just the rhetoric that they were taught growing up. So well, I don't have yeah. any. Yeah, go ahead. It's just, it, it just, no, 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 don't worry. I didn't mean to cut you off if you wanted to finish anything. No, I was just going to say, it's how they were brought up. It's, it's the way they yeah. were brought up. So I don't have any hate for those guys. I just wish that like people, and I don't really subscribe to the theory either that it's, it's complete anti-Semitism. I think it might be more that, you know, I've had a change of heart on that because I used to think so. I, I just think that it's, it's a lack of education on the topic. You know what I mean? That's, that's which is, which is what I will, because if you think about even American education as a whole, and like, this is like part of the reason why I think that this would happen because slavery is a huge part of American history. Mm -hmm. It's taught and, you know, obviously there's like a lot of stuff missing, but like, at least like, I think that it's very, very well known and like, and, and known about at least to Americans, mm -hmm. whereas the Holocaust didn't happen here. The Holocaust was not something we promoted. The Holocaust happened to be something that happened in a foreign country, mm -hmm. you know, that happened, you know, now like 75 years ago. But, you know, touched, obviously, it would have been a lot more, but because of the tragic, you know, six million people perishing, if, if you don't have, you know, there are not that many Jewish people in the world, if you don't have, you know, like Jewish friends or Jew, like, you wouldn't necessarily know as much about it. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of, if you're, if you're in an African American community, not growing up with, you know, that obviously slavery is emphasized because, you know, that's what happened to your community you know, that is the history of how you came to the United States as an African-American. I, I could see, you know, where like slavery could be emphasized, where something like the Holocaust could just be like, like not as emphasized. And I'm not excusing it at all, but I could kind of see that happening. No, I could understand. Um, I didn't even think about it that way. And also yeah. that, that could have something to do with, well, actually definitely have something to do with, you know, when you talk about, like redlining or um or what 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 was the the term i'm blanking on the term um sh pigeonholing people into certain neighborhoods gerrymandering uh or... could be it. no um or red redlining kind of is that redline so. yeah it might be the, the okay. redlining might be the term like you're not going to be like you said you're not going to grow up around a lot of jewish people who could educate you and say hey listen we got like the bad end of a we got the business end of a shotgun as well. You know what I mean? Like it's not been, yeah. it's not been roses and cherries it, for us. But, yeah. But that's the even, but that's even what I'm saying. Like even for African Americans, because it didn't happen here. Whereas it happened to like their ancestors, it right. might not feel like as like prevalent. I get that. You know, like, like, yeah. yeah. Um, even though it happened a lot more recently yeah. Yeah, and they both had their, you know, tremendous amount of issues. You know, I kind of like look at it, you know, obviously like, you know, both, groups have had their you know 
an unreasonable and obviously horrific hardships throughout history. But yeah, like, but, but they've happened in different parts. Right. You know, whereas the United States has obviously had its problems and issues with anti-Semitism, but has also been one of the places that has, you know, kind of welcomed all community, you know, all communities. Yeah. Um, in a way that like, where like it actually gave, you know, Jewish people the at least more of a, the ability to kind of build up and succeed, which is why they were given that today. Right. Where African-Americans were obviously not, and everyone was systemically out to get them. But that, you know, and especially like a Deshaun Jackson case or like stuff like that, I could see why the ignorance um, and kind of like lack of knowledge. Yeah. Um, I'm not excusing it, but I kind of see where that could have originated from. Because, you know, it is, you know, the Holocaust is obviously taught and you know thing but you know uh, how much is it really emphasized how much is really like known about it to like other communities and stuff if i didn't even have my own experience and immersion with people of jewish faith even in college i would not know as much about judaism as i know now Mm. um and that's even regardless like the holocaust and stuff so if you're growing up without even knowing jewish people or interacting with Jewish people, you know, that's kind of, you know, you could just be basing things off of terrible stereotypes that you hear or see. And that could be the way that you roll with it until you're proven otherwise or stuff like this happens, you know, that could end up being your logic and, you know, it just becomes pure ignorance. So you're right. You're right. You know what, James, you've, uh, I I love, that's why I love potting with you. It's because you always teach me something new that I didn't even think about some other angle. You know, I always thought that perhaps the Holocaust had more of a connotation on it than, than slavery, but thinking about it now, the way you put it, you're right. You're right. Like certain communities wouldn't even know about it because they didn't, they weren't grown up. I mean, yeah. Like how, how accurate or, you know, not everywhere education in general is the strongest. Not every kid is necessarily going to have a a desire to learn history or go out of their way to kind of figure it out. And, you know, especially in an African-American community, obviously the, the issue and, and like horrificness of slavery is going to be stressed because that literally happened to that group of people in this country. Yeah, no, no, it's still going on. There's still, yeah, you're not going to be worried about the Holocaust because you're going to be more worried about potentially getting pulled over and losing your life. Yeah, well, Well, even like, yeah, but even like, like, even for a World War II thing, you know, in communities like that, like, you know, I I obviously would never like go out on a limb to say, but you know, it would, it would make sense if like, you know, they were even talking about, you know, African Americans during World War II going off to war, much like every other war, thinking that they would come home to get rights because they fought for their country and stuff like that could have been the the message and what was taught during like you know world war ii in in african-american communities rather than you know because that is issues that directly like affected them ended up like what they could have happened to like their grandparents you know for anything um you know more so where like you know you don't really see many like you know black jewish people so you know who like have like an ancestry in that regard and where like something like the Holocaust could have like dramatically affected them. So maybe it just like wasn't stressed as much. Um, and again, it wasn't in the U S it was, you know, in Germany. So that in itself just adds like a whole like different like tailspin to it. So you're, you're, you're um, 100% right. Yeah. Right. But so, um, 
I think the yeah. message, but no, 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 ex- yeah, no excusing any of that though. Like obviously, no, hate speech is hate speech. It. You could you can know Hitler enough to know that anything I mean, that you say and you try to put it in a good light yeah. is just dumb. Like I, that, that to me, yeah, that to me is the most baffling part. It's like what what decision, what what process went on in your brain to be like, you know what? I'm going to drop a Hitler quote on Instagram. Where, yeah. Even if you're fine, like, like I said on my other podcast, if you're part of the nation of Islam, that's fine. Like you said, if that's what you were brought up on, that's okay. I'm not taking that away from anyone, but at the least, uh, not even at the least, this should be, like I said, a rule of thumb, you know, a basis to go off of never like go ahead and never quote Hitler unless you're in a, a neo-Nazi Facebook group or something. That's, right. that's, that's the bottom line. I think everyone yeah. should follow. Don't quote Hitler. Don't quote Joseph Stalin. Don't quote, you know, like, I don't, it's, 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 it seems like simple, you know, common sense, but who knows? Maybe I'm just, I don't, I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, no. You know what I mean? Common sense. Cause you could, all you, but all you need is even like the slightest bit of information about World War II to know that Hitler just yeah. was not a good guy. That not a just solid dude. really tried to eradicate tried to eradicate you know an entire race religion like you know and try to create you know the perfect race like yeah that's so anything quoting him and acting like what he said even if it's misquoting just that's just stupid like that's just pure being dumb um but you know even some of the word you were saying when we were talking about the double standard between you know like like you know, like some of the things that, you know, if, if a Jewish person went out and said that, you know, like blacks aren't our problem, like stuff like that's obviously a huge issue, problematic, like all of that, you know, just as like in the certain phrasing of like how certain things are said, you know, it, it's kind of like also you, even with Jewish people coming here, obviously you guys have like had like your own battles and stuff. But, you know, the one thing that I will say, though, that like the type of oppression that at least like the the Jewish community would not like have to face every day, even like after hearing all this, I think, which is, you know, kind of why they should, you know, like being an African-American going to a high school named after Robert E. Lee or like Stonewall Jackson, like that's horrific, you know, thankfully and thank God, you know, you don't have any of, you know, these high schools anywhere in the world. There are schools that are named after, you know, there's no Hitler high school. There's no Joseph Goebbels high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're like, that's just like, oh, right. But, you know, that's exactly why they can just work with these people. You know, they, these people can work together, Jews and, and African-Americans, and can work to, to you know, like fight oppression like this. Because, you know, they're both dealing with with issues of, of hate and, you know, uh, tragic, you know, scenarios that have happened to both groups. You know, whether it be here, whether it be abroad, that I think yeah. that, the communities could really, really benefit with uh, working together. And it's, you know, it's, it's too bad, you know, because there shouldn't be really a division um, between these communities at all when, when there really could be like a great chance to, to come together, to, you know, make, yeah. You know, and, and that means just even going for the white community, but obviously highlighted as now it's obviously both the, 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 the Jewish and African American. So, yeah. yeah, I think also no, too, it's, it's important to yeah. state that uh, I think it's important to state that I, I do believe that African Americans, as it stands now, are facing more oppression than Jewish Americans for sure. I'm Especially not in the that. United States, right? In the United States, yes, yeah, yes, that that's yeah, in the United States. So, I'm not Especially, yeah. saying that I'm not. I don't want anyone 
listening to this to take this as me crying or saying that, oh, boo-hoo, you know, I'm Jewish and I feel oppressed. I don't feel oppressed. That's the thing. I really don't. Uh, me as a Jewish American, I could probably do whatever I wanted in terms of like career. People might not even recognize that you're even Jewish too. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean that. Like, no, no, no. You're, you Nobody just be, does. Like, people could just think that you're a white guy. Right. And that's it. They could yeah. assume that you're a white Christian. Like, it doesn't so, even necessarily mean it. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not oppressed at all. I can freely admit that. But my whole thing is let's not lose sight of what happened because in a way, if you lose sight of what happened, you can also lose sight of what's happening. Like, y- y- I think I'm going to encapsulate this with my own Cooperman quote here, right? If you lose sight of what happened in the past, you're going to get a division now. And that's what might be happening. You know what I mean? With all these comments coming out, it's like, if you don't take into account what happened with Hitler and the Holocaust, you're going to alienate certain people. You know, like that's just how it is. That being the Jewish American community, that being a community that off the basis of just literally being tossed around in the past and being segregated and being, you know, and and just and facing prejudice of all types, we should be coming together because we have that common ground. It's not like we've had such different experiences. Sure, there's differences if you look into it, but I'm saying on the surface we've both been marginalized. So we should at least, at the least, be coming together and forming a front because we all are on the same page. And, you know, and, and some people might say, you know, Jewish people, they're not really marginalized anymore, so what would they know about it? But I challenge anyone to talk to a Jewish person that doesn't know about the past, okay? Because every Jewish person is, is taught by their parents, hey, this happened, so this never happens again. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and everyone's like hyper aware of it too. And to point yeah. it out when it does happen, to make sure to be like, hey, this stuff's not acceptable. Yeah. Which it's not. Um, but yeah, no, I no, I get completely with what you're saying. But yeah, no, it, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, with, with everything that's coming out and stuff with, you know, like uh, Nick Cannon, you know, Deshaun Jackson's obviously trying his best, it, yeah. it appears to uh you know repair some of the damage that he's done nick cannon doesn't really seem to be doing that as much uh, you know we'll see what ends up happening hopefully for both sides sake we won't be seeing much more you know kind of like like you know more explosions of like uh of, you know anti-semitic semitic remarks like potentially like being put on social media as long as you know do anything because that's the last thing that both sides need you know you don't want to take any air out of the black lives matter movement and you don't want to obviously denounce anti-semitism also um it was good to see someone in kareem abdul jabbar recognizing that um and kind of just being like look we're fighting the same fight and i think that stuff like that is more beneficial when you have members speaking out yeah especially um, to talk about that yeah yeah no literally one of the i mean nba all-time leading scorer Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, one of the best Lakers of all time. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with, you know, both sides of the community. Obviously, you know, we're seeing great changes socially now, but there's still so much more to be done. You know, a lot more. Work. I know that we've we've touched a lot upon this, but you know, even just going into the Brianna Taylor situation, that alone is just how, 
you know, like, like what, like, I don't mean to segue, like segue from any of the, you know, the anti-Semitism, but, you know, just because of everything that's been happening with the African American community, uh, like how, how is only one cop from that whole ordeal fired? And then that's it so far. Yeah. You know, I see the reposts every day of like, you know, the murders are like walking around the street. How, how, like how in any scenario is that acceptable? You know, I think at this point, you know, I, I feel like a bunch of people, at least like the public, uh, I would hope at this point is like, you know, kind of like looked into the story enough for themselves. And I would recommend for anyone that has not to please do it. But like, I, very, very uh, disturbing. How, story. yeah, how's the only one that got arrested was the boyfriend that was like trying to defend himself out of that hole, you know? Doesn't make that any just sense. doesn't, no, you know, and like, like, I, the fact that all three of them, you know, are, are still walking around as free people is just like, it's just very disturbing to me. I just, that, that shouldn't be the case for killing an unarmed, you know, obviously literally EMT that you thought was someone else on a no knock warrant, not even wearing police clothes. Yeah. You come in and just shoot her. It's just like, it's, it's despicable. It really is just like a, that, that, you know, as it's, uh, yeah, it's just a failure of the justice system. And, you know, I, you're not seeing, you know, different states are trying to, uh, and, you know, like Congress is trying to like put some federal stuff forth, you know, try to like change and like upend some of these, like, you know, state laws and stuff to, you know, at least the house is to like, try to like make a difference with this. But this federal response, especially just with the Trump administration, is just going to go nowhere to help the Black Lives Matter movement, which is just an outright shame. You know, if you saw more of a progressive president in office, you would see a lot of difference um, kind of like taking place and going on and a lot more to kind of only help this change. Whereas you're not going to get it as much with the current administration from a federal perspective, at least the state's that have recognized this problem have passed different state laws, you know, kind of uh, try to combat the issue and help it out. But, you know, uh, the the best thing that I think that, you know, the African American community could do is vote in November, man. Yeah. Well, actually I wanted to, we can have a great dialogue here with the last kind of 15 minutes of the podcast, the two hour mark. Where do you see the the future of the presidency? Now, Kanye West is getting into the mix. I'm I'm like shooting three for three from the field with these uh, these transitions, but um, we've got Kanye West in the in the running here. We've got he Joe actually Biden. just dropped out. Oh, he just dropped out today. Yeah, I mean, because he didn't know like a couple of days ago, but it's because I mean, he didn't even file the paperwork. Yeah, no, in the I first know he, place. he missed a lot of stuff. It was, it was he just was running pathetic. in 2024. No, no, I'm talking. I was talking about 2020. Oh, so he, he, oh, he wow. might have. Yeah, no, because that was his thing. He was like, oh, I'm running for president. And then they're like, well, you missed all these dates. You didn't yeah. file for it. And then he was like, oh, I'm not running anymore because I, like, missed everything. It's like, oh, I thought he was going to run in 2024. I thought he was – that's the reason. He, I mean, he said the same thing about 2020. He's just – he's yeah. I mean, he's not on medication. He can be a little crazy. Yeah, no, that's, that's, so. that's the main, I think, talking point against him being for president is that he literally has bipolar, which is not on itself a bad thing, but – if you're running the, the country and you have yeah. the ability to make split second decisions, you probably should have all your ma- mental faculties in order. Um, also there's, there's Joe Biden and then there's Trump. So how are we feeling? What's, what's the temperature? Who are you going to be voting for? And, and, and what, what do you see the outcome of, of all this being? Do you think Trump by the end of his presidency 
tries to unravel as much stuff as he can because I feel like that's kind of where he's going with all this. I could be wrong about that. Like, where, where, where do you see all this going? So, I mean, just the fact that, you know, even since our last discussion, masks are now a political thing, which they should yeah. never have been in the first place. That's problematic. You're not even seeing a federal response for coronavirus. You're just seeing oh, these states. as well. He's pulling healthcare in the midst of yeah, all this. dude. It's not. It's like, what are you just, doing, dude? Well, you're not. You're not even seeing a federal response from this. You're just seeing states try to handle this the best they can on their own. Mm. So it's literally governors trying to figure out what works best for their state. Obviously, the pro-Trump people like DeSantis and Kemp are, you know, Kemp suing people over issuing Mac. Like, who's the who's the governor of Georgia suing people of like issuing mask mandates? DeSantis is, you know, like not making anyone wear a mask in Florida's cases and death tolls continues to skyrocket. Yeah. You know, uh, this shouldn't be the case. Everyone should at least do what they can to wear a mask and be protective and, you know, do what they can to like stay healthy and protect others. Uh, you know, I thankfully you and I live in a state where people get it and, yeah, you know, I'm, people... I'm we, we yeah, people are really understanding of stuff. Yeah, no, we went from the epicenter to being one of the safest places. Yeah. Where now you're just seeing Florida implode. So you know, it's great, great to see us, you know, kind of like getting our stuff together with this and and um, really like making a difference in that regard. But when it comes when it comes to the actual election itself, I mean, before this, I was before this whole pandemic, I was very nervous because I thought that that Trump had a good chance to win it again. But I mean, the fact that he just fired his own campaign manager a couple of days ago because he was that afraid of the early polls and election results that he was seeing. I mean, this man, it's going to take a lot to get him out of office. Just, I mean, even physically, he's going to blame everything he can to, can if the election doesn't go his way and like try to demand all this, demand all that. Like, you know, he's nervous. He's afraid of what's coming. So much you know, even though he looked very sickly too he looked great it's not even that dude like just like he, he's he's afraid i don't even think biden you know is like you know he, again what i was even talking about before he ended up being uh, on your last podcast the most electable which mm -hmm. is why you know like a lot of middle-aged and people on the democratic side pushed him through because they thought that he was the best chance to beat him whoever he picks as his vp nomination is going to be massive because, you know, with Joe Biden, I don't think that he's 100% mentally, but I still think even with that, that he would be better off, better than Trump, um, just for at least the policy and, and uh, kind of plans that I would enjoy. And look, you know, but that's me coming from a Democrat, obviously a Republican would tell you much otherwise. But yeah, man, I, I you know, I, I'm hoping more than anything that he can win it. If Trump is this nervous that he's going to lose it, um, he will literally blame like the false mail-in ballots, voter fraud. He'll try to do whatever he can to almost act as if this election was invalid and they were out to get him, which is what he does with everything. I'm hoping to God just this upcoming November that, you know, Biden wins, but even with that, we have to wait two months before he could be inaugurated anyways. So what Trump would do in those, that eight week, nine week window, if Biden wins could also just like, he could make it an absolute disaster for Biden to walk in on because I could still see Trump being like a sore loser. Yeah. Just like that if he lost. Um, but if he wins then he'll just continue his own agenda, which is just like trash as is. I could see, you I know, could I, see that the just 
the just yeah man i'm i'm tiredness been, in, your, in your face yeah. yeah i mean like you know i'm not i'm not the only one obviously there are other people that feel differently oh, 100%, but yeah yeah for me i'm just like it's you know how do you feel about biden if he gets in do you think because i know there's been questions about biden's mental state and his i guess his his a lot of people seem to say that he's quite senile which i've seen he's had his moments a lot of people yeah. are saying that it kind of would hinge on who he picks as his his running mate yeah, his VP, vice president yep. as well yeah yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what i was saying before yeah, i probably heard that from you yeah yeah yeah. who i think that he'll pick kamal harris because i mean you know we'll see what ends up happening but if his mental state keeps decline he might honestly just be unfit Mm-hmm. for the job at that point which is whomever you know and he's old yeah um so that alone you know he'll be like 76 you know getting up there you know and with the stressors of that job it could just be consuming where the point where his vp is just going to be huge you know yeah. a lot of people are predicting it's going to be kamal harris we should find out honestly who it's going to be in august Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even September, like because they have debates scheduled in uh, late September, early October. So we should know, at least in the next couple months, who it's going to be. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, you know, I'm just doing whatever I can to, you know, initiate and, you know, see this change. I don't necessarily overall like where American politics is heading because it only just continues to seem to get more divisive. Right. And that's I was saying that before, rather than compromising working together but you know that's part of the reason why i'm in it to try and make a difference so if i'm able to you know you'll get there uh yeah you know just getting a job would be the the best thing right now but obviously that's incredibly hard but small i'm um, doing everything right now yeah man little steps here or there but um yeah no i'm definitely trying to make the most of it so that's that's yeah. part of the reason too why i want to get into this you know podcasting blogging interviewing world is because i feel like as with you, our voices carry an immense weight and we're both, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I guess I'll gloat, but like, we're both very well-read and we both have uh, a very even head in our shoulders. We're even keeled. You know, I want to be able to help say African-American and Jewish American relations, you know, stuff like that. Like I want to use my voice to help heal as well as entertain. So I think it's something we both have, the ability to do i mean we sat here for almost two hours and you know and it's a podcast you know what i mean like we i think that's that's testament alone you know uh, testament enough uh, of what we can accomplish yeah even having yeah it would, yeah it would be fun even having like joint podcasts with even other guests you and i or even other people just to get their own perspectives and stuff you know i'm pretty sure like there would be plenty of people that would have a perspective, you know, coming from like the African American community or just, um, you know, even like even a Republican side, just getting yeah. like their kind of point of view. Um, I to get more involved in that too. So we'll definitely, that's look forward to that in the future guys. Anyway, yeah. That'll definitely. Be yeah, fun. no, no, exactly. Cause it's just, you know, just having discussions and talks, you know, you know, you can't, you don't never want to go into a conversation changing anyone's mind. Right. That's not really what it does. It's just a dialogue and a conversation. You can't take things personally. You just have to realize that people grew up differently than you. Yep. Um, as long as there's no disrespect in the conversation to, you know, a certain, if it's to you or to a certain group of people, you know, I think that you're able to have those conversations fluidly 
and uh, soundly. And I think that, you know, that's, that's kind of what matters um, is being able to like fully have those in those talks. And you bring the knowledge to the table. I mean, you bring not only knowledge, but you also bring an open attitude and you bring a great deal of intelligence, which is, you know, not many people could, could step on here and talk for two hours. And you have, like I said, you, you do most of the talking on these podcasts, but like I said, um, it's always a pleasure to have you on here and, and sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. No, it's all right. Um, yeah. And have these conversations where we can hash stuff out and, and, and give both of our takes and our feelings on certain things. And for sure, like we, we got to have a, a third person on here. I have a few people in mind now that I've been in contact with. So uh, I look forward to that, people. But I guess for this, you know, episode, this installment of Chopping It Up, I've been your host, Coop, back with my repeat guest, James Dizel. I'm sure we'll have him on a third, fourth, fifth, whatever time, because he just. I would love to come time. back, man. Be yeah. be fun. So yeah, very 100%. enjoyable indeed. Hundred percent. So uh, I will see you guys in the next one. It will most likely be another solo one with a wacky little skit at the beginning. And uh, until <laughs> next time. I've been your host, Jacob Cooperman, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Thanks for having me on, Coop. I appreciate it, bud. No problem. This has been the Chopping It Up podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.